Hey, this is Casey Newton, and here it is. My podcast, Converge, is finally here. So I'm Silicon Valley editor at The Verge, and since 2010, I've been traveling all over the Bay Area, talking to some really smart entrepreneurs, talking to really smart product people, trying to figure out how they do what they do, how they feel about it, how they think about it. And what I would find is that often those conversations that I was having would be as interesting, if not more interesting, than the story that I wound up writing about them. So for a while now, I've been asking my bosses if we could bring those conversations to a broader audience. I knew I wanted to do a podcast. The question was, how can we do it in a way that's unexpected and entertaining? How can we bring you smart conversations that are fun to listen to? And how can we sell a buttload of mattresses? And what we decided on was a game show. Converge. It's an interview game show that's easy to win, but not impossible to lose. And today, I'm so excited to bring you the pilot episode. My guest today is Seema Sistani. She is the co-founder and chief operating officer of House Party, a group video chat app that has gotten really popular over the past couple of years. She and her co-founder, this guy Ben Rubin, they developed an app that lets you chat with all of your friends at the same time in private rooms over video. And as you might imagine, that sent a chill up the spine of Facebook, who cloned House Party into an app called Bonfire that does exactly the same thing. Facebook is now testing Bonfire internationally, and they could bring it to America later this year. So anytime somebody scares Facebook, I want to meet them. And I knew Seema a little bit from talking to her over the years. She's smart, she's funny, and she's the first guest on Converge. Without further ado, this is Converge. Hello and welcome to Converge. Converge is the game show that's easy to win, but not impossible to lose. Each week, we bring on some of Silicon Valley's most fascinating entrepreneurs, and they compete to see how high they can go on the all-time Converge leaderboard. My guest today is Seema Sistani, co-founder and chief operating officer of House Party, a group video chat application that is popular with young people and some cooler old people, I would say. Uh, Seema, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And is this this your first time playing Converge? Not only is it my first time playing Converge, but it is a lifelong dream to be on a game show. Ah, I mean, I can remember when I would watch Double Dare and all I ever wanted to do was get slimed. Mm -hmm. This is really exciting. I have felt the same way. And the whole reason we started this show was to make people's dreams come true. So I feel like we're off to a great start. Here we go. Here we go. So let me run you through it. Uh, Converge consists of three rounds, uh, the big idea, the interview round, and the wild card round. Uh, Before we get started, do you have any allergies or dietary restrictions we should know about? Gluten-free, almond-free, vegan, no coconut milk, and what else? (laughs) I I just had to change the last third of the show, but it's fine. I only drink booze. (laughs) And we should say we're drinking a very nice rosé brut right now. Cheers. Cheers to that. So with all of that said, let's get started. It's time for round one, The Big Idea. Now, the first game we play on every episode of Converge is The Big Idea. I asked you ahead of time to bring me your biggest and best idea of a non-self-promotional nature, and we pick it apart to see what's inside. Points are awarded on the basis of originality, presentation, profit potential, and whether I personally agree with it. So let's dive right in. Seema, what is your big idea? My big idea is Stella and Dot for pot. Whoa, okay. Yes. So explain to us what that means. So basically what it means is 
obviously. We've legalized marijuana in California. And someone like myself who was a little more on the straight and narrow arrow a straight arrow. A straight arrow when on the we're straight having and the narrow. Champagne, the champagne is working. Wait, I have to say, you should change your Twitter bio to straight arrow on the straight and narrow. Yes. That makes me happy, but go on. I like it. It yeah. may be too many characters. They expanded it. But basically, I, I feel like it has the stigma. And the way to take the stigma away is remove the dealer, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Have a hostess. You bring her. It's like a Tupperware party. You can invite her over, except the Tupperware has brownies in it. Okay, so let's talk about it. So for those of us who don't know what Stella and Dot is... Help us understand. They're basically a retailer, but the idea is along the lines of Mary Kay or Avon, where you invite somebody to your house, they host a party on your behalf, and your guests can walk away with buying some beautiful jewelry. And in the same way, I think that people should be able to come over and maybe, I don't know, partake in some chocolate-covered espresso beans that are microdosed with marijuana. I mean, I just think that I've brought up the idea a couple of times, mixed company in Menlo Park and I get some I get some odd you know so a couple people who love it a couple people who are wondering why I'm allowed to have children but you know <laughs> I mean I really think that the first time I went on the east site I thought my marketer brain went off yeah. I thought like this this is beautiful. Like this makes me think that it's not a big deal. And I'm curious about it. And so I really think that if you applied that same business model, that you could bring something to the masses in a safe way. And frankly, you don't wake up with a hangover. It's just as good of a nightcap as a glass of wine. So why not? Right. You know, it's interesting because we have watched San Francisco transform over even just the past four months as recreational weed has become available and dispensable that formerly only served people who had medical cards are now open to everyone. Mm -hmm. And so just on this past Saturday night, I was walking by one of the dispensaries, which is sort of one of the nicer, fancy luxury dispensaries uh, near the Castro. And I mean, it almost had a nightclub vibe, but I'm also somebody who has not traditionally been uh, a marijuana user. And even just the idea of walking inside, I'm thinking, is there a... Yeah, I mean, like what happens to the security camera footage? Does that get sent directly to Jeff Sessions, (laughs) right? I have other friends who are still going to these uh, dispensaries, but they're like paying cash only, right? They don't want to use credit cards because they don't want there to be a paper trail. So I do think the idea of bringing someone into your home and having a party maybe makes people feel a little bit more comfortable. And it's somebody you know, right? It's the soccer coach or it's your neighbor. And it's a fun way to host a party. And I mean, ultimately, I feel like that to me was the the hurdle of Mary Jane, if you will. You know, I was like, I'm not going to deal with with some shady person or but the first time I ordered ease even then I was like well who's the person who's coming to my house this for is a some, great question for some reason I do DoorDash and Instacart and it never that never even occurred to me I get in strangers cars for rides I sleep in their <laughs> right. ho- but I was like whoa who's coming to my house? so I didn't put in my home address I went and met them at a different location and it was this nice lady and I really that's when I had the idea and I was like wait a second if this lady came to my house gave people these chocolate covered espresso beans and these balms that you can put on, you know, your sore knees and back, like that would be fun. Yeah. Now you have, uh, you've, you've worked at a number of companies, big and large in your mind, is this a venture backed business and how easy is it these days to raise money for a company that sells drugs? Well, it would be hard except for crypto, right? (laughs) I Mm. mean, you could probably put it uh, on the blockchain, put it on the blockchain. That's definitely the theme song for the show. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, we're going to make that immediately. But yeah, no, so talk about that. Like, is there maybe a way? Oh, of, God, I should yeah. not talk about the blockchain. Every time I try to get into it, I feel like it's like talking about like deep space or something. <laughs> and when I, I, I sit down with, you know, people at the office, I'm like, I don't understand mining. Like, what? Right. I mean, it's I'm the terrible person to talk to about this. You know, this. I was at a meeting earlier today where someone was talking about, uh, quote, Bitcoin mining rigs, and finally someone else had to interrupt, and they said, you mean computers? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. we talk about these things like they're oil derricks drilling into the Holy. bottom of the ocean floor, and it is just a computer. It's a computer. Yeah. We're off track. Anybody, yeah, but anybody who I feel like says they really know what they're talking about doesn't, and so that's why I'm the first to say, I don't. <laughs> right. I will opine on it. I will have tons of opinions, but I don't know what I'm talking that's about. I will say, this is not a place for informed debate. This yes, is a great. place to drink rosé and talk about ideas and feelings. Stella and Dot for Pot. I mean, <laughs> honestly, the funny thing is, is if they, they may take this on. Or what if it becomes a uh, an offshoot of an existing brand like Sugarfina? I mean, I really feel like they, they could get into this, right? The champagne gummies, but yes. just with a little... A little extra kick. A little something. Very good. That brings us to the end of the big idea round. And now it is time to score your idea. I'm so nervous. <sighs> now was... all these are scored on a scale of one to 10. Originality, this is a very original idea in the sense that I've never personally heard it. So I've got to give you a nine because you've already got me thinking. Presentation, I've also got to give you a nine, mostly because you brought up the blockchain, um, <laughs> which always makes me happy. <laughs> and, and not only that, but you brought it up in a way that even you admitted was not that informed, which I think is important. Um, it helps people enjoy blockchain chatter. Uh, profit potential. Listen, I gotta give this a 10. Like this could make real money. We're gonna make real money. We won't be able to put it in a bank, but <laughs> we will make real money. Someone in the Cayman Islands has a mattress and that's gonna have a lot of profits inside of it. It's gonna be great. And then finally, do I personally agree with it? Well, now listen, I'm gonna admit, I'm still not 100% comfortable telling people to do drugs. <laughs> so on that, I'm gonna award you a score of seven, but still an incredibly respectable 35 points that was quick math. Yeah, well, I am a math genius. I don't like to talk about it, but when it comes to addition, I can do it. So that brings us to the end of the big idea. It is now time for the interview round. Now we come to the interview round. The round where reputations are won and fortunes can be lost. That's not true. Seema, uh, you are co-founder and CEO of House Party. How did you get this job? Good question. Thank you. I got this job uh, by being at the right place at the right time, or maybe the wrong place at the right time. Uh, so to walk it back a bit, joined a company called Meerkat, and Ben Rubin, who is the CEO and founder of Meerkat, we were match made. And, what does that mean? Uh, we were introduced by interested parties. Ooh, <laughs> let's keep that. I would like a better interviewer would ask for more detail, but I think it's more interesting if we know nothing we'll else. Just leave it than vague. Interested parties connected you. <laughs> interested parties is code for VC. Oh, I see venture capitalists. Um, and what and what was Meerkat at that time? Meaning it was a live video platform. Exactly. Yes. And so, but fast forward to basically us taking a look at the numbers and how we were tracking against our mission to connect people in the most human way possible when physically apart. And frankly, we thought that there was a better way to do it. And we sat in a hotel room in Amsterdam and started whiteboarding the concept for, of House Party together. 
and had someone just brought you a bunch of marijuana treats in Amsterdam to sort of help stimulate the creativity? I can neither confirm nor deny. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but I will say that uh, at that point, we were really excited about the concept of House Party as the real way, the hy- a different hypothesis at the same mission. And, you know, I feel like people have always wanted meaningful connection. And we've had a lot of different solutions out there, basically, that allow us to stay connected, if you will, with people, but not necessarily in meaningful ways. And House Party has done exactly that. And to go back, basically, to your question of how did we end up there? Well, ultimately, you know, Ben had this great vision, and my job was to execute on it. And that's where the two of us have become, uh, have built a great partnership. So for those of us who don't have a great sense of what a chief operating officer does. Like, well, like what are what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities? What do you keep an eye on? What do you focus on? Well, uh, there's two parts of it. One is I'm the chief firefighter. So if there's a problem, I figure out how to solve it and then add some sort of process behind it so that it doesn't happen again. And when you're scaling, that kind of thing happens um, on the regular, obviously. The second part of it is, you know, when you're looking for product market fit, I'm focused on the uh, denominator in that situation. And what does that mean? uh, The market. How are we going to make a house party into a daily habit? Gotcha. And get as as many people as possible using it. And you sort of first found success with young people. Is that right? That's what we thought. Um, I mean, you were going to college campuses to test it in the very beginning, right? We were going to the Midwest and to the South, and uh, we wanted to stay away from the coasts because we wanted to inform our product and whether we were building something that people really wanted. It's hard when you get people on the coast using your app right away because they're just like willing to try new things and not necessarily stick to them. So that was our strategy. And then, yes, the big part of that was looking for dense communities where we could do that. And that ends up being campuses. So as we were rolling the product out, it really started kind of taking off and building steam and momentum on its own. And okay, the champagne's gone to my head. What was the original <laughs> question? What was sort of um, how you got this job and, and what you're focusing on, on finding oh, the, the mar- market and about it finding uh, yeah. appeal with, with teens early oh, on. Right. Well, so what I, what I would say with that is actually the nice thing about that is the word of mouth spreads in both directions. So yes, you know, campuses certainly were where a lot of seeds were planted, but people then the word of mouth goes, you know, up the chain and outside of those demographics. And we continue to think then because of that, that there was a younger demographic that was most excited in using our app. But honestly, what it is, is that they're just the most likely to speak about it on social media. And that's how we knew. That's where we were getting our feedback on in terms of like, who's using it? You're seeing all of this content or a house party is the new high school parking lot. You know, house parties, how I stay in touch with my summer camp friends, etc. But but really, you are also getting a ton of use cases around house parties is the way, you know, my mother and father stay in touch with their family and friends all over the world. Right. So, so let's talk a little bit about what makes House Party different from other video chat apps. People who are listening to this have probably used something like FaceTime or something like Skype. House Party is a little bit different. When you open the app, uh, you are in the house and other people who open the app can sort of see you're there and it sort of instantly brings you into this chat with the other people 
who are around in a way that kind of lowers the social pressures around saying, so instead of saying, hey, do you want to do a video chat? You just kind of the open, open up the app and it's like, oh, hey, Seema's here. Yeah, like, why don't I just kind of say hi to Seema? That's exactly it. And what we call that is presence. And I really think that, I mean, my interest stems in sociology and around cultural and social structures and how that informs society and vice versa. And, and what that stems down to is norms. And right now, if I just FaceTimed you out of the blue, it'd be weird. You'd yeah. be like, whoa, what, what's... I would call what, the police. What, exactly. You'd be like, what's her agenda? Why does she need to see my face? But with House Party, if I'm in the house and you happen to be in the house and you just slide into my party, it is not as weird. And that's those are the social constructs that we are trying to um, break down. And the nice thing is, is you really can then sort of create a room, so to speak, that is comfortable for you. So for instance, I have friended my, my close friends, my family, my coworkers, but that's it. And so when I'm in the house, I'm comfortable at that moment with anybody who will come in and has time to also want to chat with me. And, um, you know, people have different levels of uh, social anxiety and comfort around those types of things. And I think that that's the main thing, though, about presence is we're trying to take away the agenda of calling, you know, group video chat in and of itself isn't isn't unique, but presence is. Right. You know, and it's interesting. You see like Amazon with the Echo Show uh, building this drop-in feature that to me seems sort of related. Like you put this kind of persistent camera in your kitchen and then maybe you're in the kitchen and you think, oh, maybe my mom's in the kitchen at her house too. And you can just sort of like pop in and say hello. So it seems like there's multiple people are, are converging on this trend. And here on Converge, we always look for things that are converging. <laughs> that wasn't a question. It was a it's stupid a, pun. It was a great statement. Let me ask another question. You know, we're, we're at this moment where the culture is reckoning with with social media and how it makes us feel. And you've built an app that really encourages friends to spend a lot more time together that, as you say, sort of recreates the the high school parking lot or different spaces if you're a little bit older. How do you think about keeping your users safe and ensuring House Party is a force for good in their lives? That's so important. And I think that, particularly as a mother, I worry about this all the time. My children, I think about how are they going to connect? How are they going to continue to find fulfillment? And I think that, you know, as a society, we're on the precipice of a real, like, public health concern when it comes to loneliness. People are lonely, even though they have their phone with them. In fact, I think that's making them more lonely because you have this ambiguous feeling of being with people, but you're not, you know, you're not. And with House Party, this meaningful connection, it's about let's be together with the people we truly care about, who truly care about us. And the nuances and the subtleties of looking someone in the eyes, you can't recreate that asynchronously. And in real life is the best way. But if you cannot have that, which I can't, because my family lives in Alabama, you know, some of my best friends live in Chicago, Boston, Durham, San Diego. But on House Party, I can go back to seeing them in real life. And I think that that's the most important thing. And what we're trying to do is make sure that the next generation knows the right facial reaction, not just the right emoji. Hmm. That's okay. That's profound. I like that. You could put that on a t-shirt. Is is part of making people feel better on social media radically limiting the number of people that you are quote unquote connected to so that those interactions are more, more profound? Is it sort of about retreating to a smaller group? Quality over quantity. So smaller, smaller groups t- generally tend to make us feel better on social media. 
I think so. Interesting. You know, you anticipated one of my next questions, which is that I wondered as a parent how you think about introducing your children to social media when the time is going to be right, when even they start to face pressure to join social media or to, I don't know, even do a, a, a video chat with, with, ma, with like grandma and grandpa. Well, we do that already. I mean, that's dinner time. That's every dinner time, to be honest. I mean, um, before we would have to choose who to call, you know, because it's really important to me that my son and my daughter have that connection with these people. They're, you know, grandparents, but also my friends who are their aunties and uncles. I'm doing that with quotes. I don't know. I'm on a podcast. Nobody can see my quotes. We'll write in show notes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. But so basically, there he's already doing that, and he already knows how to swipe in and out of rooms, how to, you know, um, access the activity and join, and he gets mad at when, you know, there's like Uncle Bobby is interrupting my his Lego show with my dad or whatever. But, you know, you ask a good question that I don't know the answer to because I think that social media is going to continue to evolve. And by the time, you know, every stage, I'm going to have to figure it out. And that's what my friends are there for. And that's that's where each family is going to have to make those decisions for themselves. And I, I still am, you know, I haven't crossed that bridge yet. You'll, yeah, you'll get you'll get to it maybe sooner. I think you can't avoid it, though. That part I can, that part I know. I mean, you have to teach your kids how to be responsible in this day and age. And to just avoid it, to me, is avoiding the inevitable. Right. You can't do it. So uh, your app is not currently monetized. Is that fair to say? That is correct. So typically the way that social apps monetize is through advertising. And another reckoning that's kind of going on is around data privacy and, and around the ad ad business in general. And I wonder if anything you've seen over the past six months or year has made you think differently about an ad-based model for an app like yours uh, or, or really anything in your app that might rely on collecting lots of data from your users. Right. We don't do that. Um, you don't collect data on your users. I mean, there isn't... Like I, detailed I, personal profiles. Exactly. And we, we obviously don't collect the video and you you can't have any information on the conversations and that's part of it right that's part of it of going back to those real connections and the humanity is we're not there sifting through all of that content but i mean i would say that right now we're just like so heads down focused on the product that i haven't started to really consider all of the ramifications of what monetization could mean down the line but having had some experience with it at at tumblr i i've always thought an ad model is for a communication platform there is a slippery slope there and so we'll we haven't had to face that head on yet interesting but your experiences at tumblr where you worked on kind of the media business made you feel like "Mm, ads maybe not the best for a social product yes very interesting. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned about that. Now, what was the last thing that you guys said about how many people are using your app? Lots. Lots? <laughs> Great. Okay. So uh, a large number. Um, well, and, and we know that it got the attention of, uh, of another social network, Facebook.com, which uh, cloned it, as they sometimes uh, like to do with other things. I have this theory that anytime a group of more than four teenagers communicates on a platform that Facebook doesn't own, an air horn goes off in Menlo Park. It's more than four. Okay. What is it? Eight? Nine? Okay. But so the air horn went off. And they went out and they built something called Bonfire. And now they're testing it in, I believe, two countries. And I actually looked recently and they're hiring an Android engineer. So they they seem like they're kind of going full bore on this. We have seen them uh, try to strangle other competitors in the crib. Uh, and, and you're the chief operating officer. So I wonder, how do you operate in an environment where uh, a giant like sort of noses into your space and, and maybe has you in their sights? Well, one, I think in general, I mean, the easy answer is 
is we stay focused on ourselves. I mean, honestly, with a startup, it's always suicide, not murder. That kills you. Yeah. And so, and um, and that can come in a lot of different forms. And one of those is getting too concerned about the competition. That being said, I am like always in honey badger mode. That's like just part of who I am. So I'd be lying if I said I don't think about it. Um, but that being said, I also am an optimist by my nature. So to me, it's validation and we stay focused on us. I mean, I think that if, you know, Airbnb started worrying about when Starwoods was going to look into various digital strategies, they wouldn't be Airbnb, right? right? And so those are the types of things that I tell myself and I tell the team and we stay focused on our business and scaling. I, you know, I'm even wondering if, you know, given the, the month that Facebook has had, whether some of your uh, users are sort of using your product in part because it is not owned by Facebook. I have no comment on that, mm. but but Casey, if you say so. Hey, I'm going to go on Twitter and, sh and check in with some of your users, see how they're doing. <laughs> now, if you heard that noise, that's the noise that tells us it's time for the lightning round. <laughs> So here's how the lightning round works. Uh, in the lightning round, your job is to answer as many of these questions as you can in 60 seconds. You're allowed to pass on any question, but should you do so, you will forfeit the question. Oh my also, gosh. Also, it's not clear to me why you would pass in any of these questions. Now I want to pass but just to do it. You know what? You can. I only wrote like 20 questions. You could just pass on all of them and we'd be done in 20 seconds. That's up to you. It depends on how many points you want to score. It's your, it's your game, Seema, and I'm not here to play it for you. All right. We're going to go ahead and put 60 seconds on the clock. Seema, what is your go-to karaoke song? Baby Got Back. Uh, Hint Water or LaCroix? I like bubbles. LaCroix. What flavor? Ooh, Pamplemousse. Backup flavor? Mm, tangerine. What is something that should definitely be put on the blockchain? Pot. <laughs> okay. And those little scooters and bikes that are popping up all over San Francisco, are they good or bad? Birding. They're good. They're good. And why are they good? They're actually, I take that back. We were talking about that and nobody's using helmets. And my and, and somebody in the office said YOLO and I did not think that was an appropriate response. Yeah, we have a safety hazard here. Interesting. Do you consider yourself a power user of the internet? Uh, I feel like that is that is making this time relevant. I, I do. I'm a technophile. Hey, me too. Uh, what's your go-to messaging app? How House party. And what can we do to get more women involved in and founding companies? Cap table. And uh, what is the last show you finished on Netflix? The Crown. What's uh, the last good book you read? I just finished reading Truly. Times Max up. Oh man. Doesn't count. Damn. Doesn't count. Not only does not, not only does your answer not count. I don't even want to know anymore. <laughs> I only care for sixty seconds, and then it's over. Well, that was very good. Let's go ahead and count it up. That is three, five, six, seven, eight. I believe that's 10 points. We're going to go with 10 points. And uh, I'm, if so I miscount... I'm so disappointed in myself. I really am. I spent too much time thinking and not enough time speaking. But guess what, Casey? I'm turning the table on you. That's right, because we're about to head into the next round where I'm finally going to get a chance to play. Also, the way this is going to work is I'm going to pitch you first, and then you're going to pitch me. No. No? <laughs> I actually always wanted to put somebody through a speed round, so... So I wrote speed round questions oh for you. This is this has never happened in Converge history. We're gonna do. Are you gonna do lightning round me? I'm lightning round. Okay, you. I'm gonna go ahead. We're this. We're doing this. I'm putting. I don't think I wrote enough questions though. But we're gonna go for fine. it. That's fine. We're okay. doing it. Okay. Uh, you just tell me when, and we will we will start the clock. When? Go. Airbnb or hotel? Airbnb. Sriracha or Tapatio? Tapatio. Old Kanye or new Kanye? Old Kanye. Netflix or Prime? Netflix. New York or LA? <sighs> new York. 
Tinder or Grinder? Tinder, but only <laughs> as of recently. <laughs> Hunger Games or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Wonder Woman or Black Panther? Wonder Woman. You should say that with more conviction. I, I, I said it with no conviction because that is such an impossible choice because I love both of those movies. Prissy Teigen or John Legend? John Legend. Those are all the only questions That's I That's very wrote. good. No, those are very good. I also want to say that, that Chrissy Teigen is better at Twitter than John Legend is. All right. Now we come to the wild card round. In the wild card round, we reach into the Convergitron 5000 to play a revealing game, and it is Freelance Project Manager. Now, in Freelance Project Manager, we put five minutes on the clock. I suggest features for the House Party project roadmap. You tell me whether the idea is good, bad, or somewhere in the middle, and why. Then, after five minutes, we turn the tables, and you pitch me product ideas either for The Verge, this podcast, or my personal life. And after all is said and done, we'll evaluate each other on originality, presentation, profit potential, and whether you personally agreed with our ideas. Does that sound good? It sounds fabulous. Wonderful. Let's go ahead and put five minutes on the clock. Okay, so Seema, idea one. Now, you know how it is when you're logging into a new app, they want you to enter your phone number, your email address, you have to create a new password. You basically have to get a part-time job just to use a new app. So my first thought for House Party, what if you could log in with Facebook? Now hear me out, just one tap and boom, you're in. Your thoughts? Friction is fun, so <laughs> I don't that, love your idea. That's the grinder motto as well, actually. <laughs> It's catchy. Yeah. I think you're fired. That's fair. But better for you from a product perspective to own your relationship with your user directly. Absolutely. And not leak any of their data. Well, I mean, I think that it's, we want to own our relationship directly. I also think that, I mean, I really do believe that a little bit of friction is okay because if you aren't going to jump a couple of hurdles, what's the likelihood that you're going to invite some friends, actually get on the app? You know, I think that it's a fair expectation for our service. That's interesting to say that uh, for you, from your standpoint, it's people who are willing to go through the process of really creating an account. That's a very powerful signal to you that you've created something worthwhile. Mm -hmm. All right. Very interesting. All right. Number two, Seema, you know how it is when you're video chatting. You have to worry about how you look. And you're, you know, if you're like me, you're often tired, you're hungover, just trying to get through the day. So... A lot of apps have face filters, but what if you guys did a face filter that made me look about 10 years younger? Is that something then that could help? Then you would be a zygote. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> it's very kind of you to say. But what about some sort of face filter that just gave me that freshness that I might have if I uh, religiously exfoliated and moisturized? Uh, which you should, either way. But again, unfortunately, Casey, your Convergence 5000 is missing the mark. I mean, I really think that uh, meaningful connection happens when you're okay with being your true authentic self in front of someone. And I'm working on that with my therapist. You, I mean, you should. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, but... But look, this is one of the first things, if I'm being um, truly honest, yeah. that when we started to had the POC, a lot of us were saying, oh, what if we could just have like a little bit of just a beauty here or, Wait, what, you know, what does POC mean in that? Uh, proof of concept. Okay. You not, know, per, not person of color, which is another way we use those three letters. Proof of concept. Yeah. But, you know, eventually it got us to a place where, you know, I hop on House Party now and in all kinds of iterations Situations, of SEMA, yeah. if you will. And we have, uh, you know, some really funny screen 
screenshots because when you were sending a bug report, it takes a screenshot of that moment. And now we all like kind of poke fun and we have our best of. But you just you got to be your real self and not be afraid of all of those beautiful, as I'm sitting here in front of you, you know, those beautiful wrinkles and redness right now. Like, right. it's fine. Look, I see. I see. Yeah. You're like I'm Sarah. Flushed. You're I'm so a little flushed. flushed. Yeah, I'm so flushed from my lightning it's, round earlier. No, it's the rose. It's the rose <laughs> flush. Yes. But I similarly have come to be okay with some of my age spots and grays and everything. Sure. It is, it is I like who we that. are. House party is about accepting yourself. All right. Idea number three. House party is focused on private conversations, you know, but there are some private conversations that might be interesting if they were public. For example, The Verge, we might want to have a conversation about something that happened in the day's news. What if we could broadcast our conversation on House Party, let everyone watch? Is that a good idea or a bad idea? Well, you could do that, just not on House Party. Yeah, but so in your mind, House Party will be a private thing. Like, it's, it's identity. It's just private, private, private. It's about the people you care about most and connecting with them. I um, care about my coworkers so much. You do, but then broadcasting that conversation is now a whole different ballgame. And again, I think that that is exactly the kind of thing that brands, media, celebrity, where is more of a performance where live video can solve that need. But for us, live video is about bringing people together in a meaningful way. And I think that that best happens with the people you care about most and in a private setting. Fair enough. All right. So I have 30 unfortunately, I, yeah. you're you have fired. To say no. I know. No, I've been fired four times at four questions I, or three questions or three ideas. I feel like this next one is it. Yeah, here we go. Okay. So uh, I call this one initial party offering. You create a cryptocurrency called party coin. You sell a billion dollars worth of it. Uh, then you have a billion dollars. And as far as I can tell, you don't have to do anything else. Any thoughts on that? You're hired. Okay. Bit party. <laughs> Done. But, and that's my time. Five minutes. Fantastic. I learned a lot about your product philosophy just then, and I respect that about you. <laughs> now, the tables will turn, and I will, have, I will have no choice but to sit back and listen to your ideas for my life and my employer. All right. Casey. Yeah. Riding in cars with Casey. Mm. So, here's the idea. Yeah. We drop you in the Midwest or the South. Again, let's remove the coasts. And you get into a Lyft or Uber or cab. Maybe they don't have Lyft and Uber in one of these cities. And you basically run your headlines by the driver and see if they give a shit. Interesting. So basically, I take what I'm doing, you know, like a, you know, a story that I wrote this week uh, about, you know, something that uh, Instagram launched. And I say to the driver, hey, there's a new widget inside the stories camera. And then I get their reaction. Absolutely. Great. And it, well, listen, what I like about this is that it involves creating content, which is my passion in life as a content creator. And uh, where do you think this would run? What is the natural home for this? Is this, is this a YouTube thing? To me, to me, this is less about how you're going to distribute it. I mean, obviously, I think that you want to own the content, distribute it on yeah. your own platform, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. But like... It's about coming back here into our echo chamber and saying, do people give a fuck? Right. Like, that's that's what this content series is about. Right, and, and this sort of mirrors what you tried to do when you were starting House Party, getting away from the coastal elite and find out what Real America thought about group video chat. And, you know, I think you raise a good point. Uh, you know, I live in San Francisco and I go into any coffee shop and all anyone is talking about uh, is tech. But I go visit my friends in Chicago and the conversations are much different. And we don't spend enough time talking to other people. And I, and I agree with you. I, I find it very valuable. I'm reminded 
of it all the time being from Alabama. Yep, uh, because the conversations in Alabama are very different. Very different. Yeah. All right. Very interesting idea. Any other ideas for me? Next idea. Fact or fiction. Fact or fiction. All right, I'm listening. It's basically The Verge's version of The Onion. Oh, okay. And so you write content and headlines and people have to decide whether it's real or not because I think in this day and age sometimes I just read content and I think no this isn't really happening this isn't really a new business this isn't you know it just seems like it shouldn't be real yes we we see headlines all the time and we think could this possibly be the truth and so you're suggesting that the verge creates satirical content run it on the verge and then just sort of leave it up to everyday readers whether this was Fact or fiction? Mm-hmm. I listen. I appreciate the concept. Here's my concern: in a in a fake news environment where people trust the media less than they ever have before, <laughs> I worry about tempting fate by putting literal lies on our website. Good point. <laughs> and I I think that one might get shot down by our editors. Uh, you know what I will say is we don't have enough tech satire. Uh, you know, one of my favorite websites to catch up on the day's news is techmeme.com. And there was a, a fake tech meme Twitter account that ran for um, honestly less than a year. It must have gone on for six months, a few months back. But it would tweet these headlines that looked real at first, but then you would look at them again and then you would just laugh because you realized that it was the fake tech meme account and not the real one. And I do like that. So I'm with you on satire, but. On the verge, I th- we got to adhere pretty, pretty one hundred percent to the truth. <laughs> jump the shark there. You're good. You have you have a minute and twenty seconds left. If you have any more ideas uh, for me or my life, let's see. There's one more. You have to hear it. What about speed dating with your trolls? Oh, very interesting. Let's elaborate on this. Well, I was just thinking about how perhaps the way to help make the world a little bit of a better place. We could uh, find some compassion for those who disagree with us or maybe help them find love. Sure, and so what we might do is um, we could uh, look to people who maybe respond to me negatively on Twitter or leave nasty comments under our stories or our YouTube videos. Invite them in. And invite them in and, and hang out with heart. them. You know, I'm very open to this. I have to say, I like particularly for a gay guy on the internet, I feel like I have the best internet experience. Like it seems like only nice people follow me. Very few people ever troll. Like I keep waiting for it to just turn horrible and I'm sure it will eventually. <laughs> but I've had like such a nice experience. But you know, those who do disagree with me and sure, you know, people have said nasty things here or there. I actually think it would be great to, to bring them in. And I, there, I've actually, um, I listened to a podcast recently by somebody who does exactly what you just described. What's it? Do you know? Um, his name is Dylan Marin and his podcast is called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. And I saw him at South by Southwest and he played some of it and was uh, a lovely person and a cool idea. So uh, you're definitely onto something there. You have, you have very cool product ideas. I think you definitely <laughs> found the right job for yourself. And that makes me happy. Now, unfortunately, your time to pitch me has come to a close. And so we must now close down the Convergitron 5000 because the wildcard round has come to an end. But this is the fun part because now we get to score each other. And first, you get to score me. So what would you give me for originality? Oh, I give you on originality? Yeah. I'd give you an eight. An eight. All right. Very good. Presentation? Presentation is a 10, Casey, for sure. I appreciate that. Profit potential? Probably also high. We are saying no to some ideas that really could help us make money. Yeah, very good. So what do you figure? Eight? Uh, what, what was that? 1,000 points. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's on a scale of one to 10. You can't give me that many points. Oh, I thought we were adding. <laughs> no. 
You had the rules state very clearly. You can only score me one to ten. I will give it a six. A six, fair enough. And then, do you personally agree with my ideas? I personally do not agree with your ideas. That's fine. We'll give me Yet. a zero. We'll give me a zero. Then that's fair. All right. Let's see. For your ideas, and you have some lovely ideas for The Verge. Originality, I got to give you a strong seven. Presentation, I got to give you a 10 as well. You clearly put real thought into it. Profit, you know, I'm also going to give a seven. I think there could have been, I mean, you, you were proposed series that we could like sell ads on. And, and I think some people would, uh, would profit from that. And then, uh, do I personally agree with it? Uh, you know, I'm going to give you a six there. Uh, you know, I didn't uh, didn't immediately want to do everything, but I felt very good. What if I told you to put it on the blockchain? Then I then it would have been an, an eleven. So something to think about for next time. So let's go ahead and we'll tally up the scores from today's episode. So TC, I'm happy to say you earned seventy five points today. And that compared to 24 points for me. And so, Seema, you are the winner of today's episode of Converge. I kind of think the cards are stacked against you since I get to play all rounds. Well, what we like to say (laughs) is that Converge is a show that's easy to win but not impossible to lose. Now, had I allowed you to grant me a thousand points during the previous round, you would have lost. So I saved you from yourself. But would I have gotten slimed? Yes, you would have gotten slimed. Then it's really a win. It's yeah, it's kind of a Either wash. way. Seema, any final thoughts about this harrowing experience we just went through together? I mean, I really think you should take this to TV. You like this? I Yes. Or YTV. HQ. HQ Casey. You know, I'm a big HQ fan and would love to frankly do anything that involved video and would let me slime people. Same. So I'll tell you what, stay tuned for that. And maybe if we get the TV uh, deal, you'd be gracious enough and come back and do it again. But in the meantime, Seema, thank you for making content with me. Thank you for inviting me. I wish I could mic drop, but Uh, these mics are too big. Well, they're, they're somewhat large, but we can definitely add in the sound of a mic drop and the audience will never know. And that's today's show. Thanks so much to our first guest, Seema Sistani. That score, I think, is going to stand the test of time. Well done, Seema. Hey, if you like today's show, it would mean the literal world to me if you went on Apple Podcasts and left a rating and a review that will help more people find us, which means I get to keep making more of these, which is a high priority for me right now. So do that when you get a chance. In the meantime, thank you so much. Tell me what you thought of the show, email me, CaseyAtTheVerge.com, tweet me, at Casey Newton. And if you want even more of me in your life, I write a daily newsletter about social media and democracy. It's called The Interface, and you can find a link to that at my Twitter bio. But in the meantime, hey, thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Converge. We will see you here next week. <laughs>